This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The NBA trade deadline just wrapped up, and the Rockets did have some action, a little bit more action than maybe we were anticipating. The big name that everyone was talking about, the one that has probably been the most anticipated trade piece for the Rockets, or at least one of them for the last couple of seasons, Eric Gordon, after nearly seven seasons, let's call it six and a half, going into almost seven seasons for the Rockets, now has a new home. He's been traded to the Clippers with a lot going on in the trade. Let's see. So it's a multi-team deal. Um, Eric Gordon goes to the Clippers. Uh, The Clippers, Adam, do you want to break this down? The Clippers send, uh, I guess eventually the, the Clippers send back John Wall, John Wall's more than likely going to get waived. But the main point here is that Eric Gordon is gone and that the Rockets are moving on from from Eric Gordon. Yeah, so the Clippers give up John Wall, and I believe they send Luke Kennard to Memphis. Uh, And then the Grizzlies send uh, Danny Green to the Rockets, and then the Rockets get a pick swap from the Clippers in 2023. And it's a pick swap between the pick that the Rockets already have belonging to Milwaukee and the Clippers. And if you look at it right now, if the season were to end today, that Milwaukee pick would fall at 28. The Clippers pick would be at 18. So the Rockets would move up 10 spots. Um, And that's really the only part of the trade that really matters for them is that pick swap and just where it winds up. Uh, as the uh, the season progresses and as the season ends, it uh, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't expecting it. We came on here on Monday, and I did not expect Eric Gordon to be traded, but it was a seller's market, and I think that's the one thing that you heard uh, throughout you know the last week or so is that it's a seller's market. You look at the teams in the West, and basically everyone except for the Rockets and Spurs is competing to at least be in the play-in. Uh, the Eastern Conference, most teams are competing there, and so uh, if you get the offer that you want, you have to pounce on it, and it's not. You know, the return isn't huge or anything like that, but I do think the prospect for them of moving up possibly 10, I mean, it could be more than 10 spots. It could be less than 10 spots, but the possibility of taking that late first round pick from Milwaukee and moving it into the middle of the first round. I think that that um, for the Rockets was, was very appealing because, you know, late first round picks, they're, they're nice to have, but ultimately the, 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 the rate of return on them isn't great. So I think, you know, they, they took, they had the 17th pick last year that turned into Tari East. I mean, that's the type of guy that you're looking for in the middle of the first round, as opposed to a late first round pick, which, you know, those tend to be huge, huge wild cards. And this team doesn't necessarily need another late first round pick. They've had plenty of them over the last few years. So it's the end of an era. It's unfortunate that it ended the way that it did last night, where Eric Gordon's last act as a rocket is committing a possible phantom foul on, uh, on a play that, ultimately uh, lost them the game against Sacramento, but uh, he was a tremendous player for them for almost seven years. And 
it had to end at some point. I'm a little surprised that it ended today, but it happens. And uh, just all the best to him moving forward. I think that anyone who has been around him, covered him, would tell you he was as great to 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 work with, really, as you could imagine. Yeah, I thought it was real unfortunate the way that the game ended on Wednesday night because there was always going to be that possibility that Eric Gordon could get traded the next day, you know, with the with the trade deadline looming. And and given just all of that we knew with, you know, the trade rumors surrounding his name, even for the last few years and and certainly up to this point. And so it was always going to be that possibility anyway, no matter how that game ended. So for it to end that way, I thought was unfortunate. Of course, you I know you've seen this throughout the fan base and how there's a lot of people, I would imagine a lot of people that would listen to this podcast who have grown frustrated with Eric Gordon, really of no fault of his own. Like it's, and, and that for me is the reason why when we were on this podcast last time, the last episode we did, I was saying for me, I, I less had a problem with watching Eric Gordon play basketball for this team as I did like for the, on the Rockets behalf, as much as I did for Eric Gordon. Cause I just thought at this point, you know, he he deserved the opportunity that James Harden and P.J. Tucker kind of fought for or pouted for and and tried to get that he never his personality just was not sort of oriented in that way or inclined to be that way to f- try to force his way out or to complain his way out or pout his way out or anything like that. And that's not even in this moment to judge those guys for that is just really to point out that Eric Gordon is built a little bit differently and that just wasn't his personality. So. I always thought it was unfair that he got a little bit of vitriol in large part because of, you know, the reason why he's still here is uh, in a lot of ways because of the professionalism, because of the things that you just mentioned there in your comments. So yeah, and, and, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I just thought it was, I I, I thought it was unfair or di- a disproportionate, the, the feeling about Eric Gordon toward the end of his tenure as a Rocket, to me, was disproportionate to the value that he brought to the franchise overall in its totality. And even to this team in and of itself, Adam, I will point that out just to make this point, that as bad as this team is and as oddly constructed as it can be sometimes, Eric Gordon still, and you've pointed this out uh, quite a bit, is still one of their better players, one of their better shot makers, one of their better defenders, possibly and, and likely their most professional player in terms of like just decorum and and just knowing how to be a pro and like just generally speaking on, on a basketball team give me a guy that can go get a bucket like give me a guy that can go get his own shot he'll always have a spot on my team especially if he's not a malcontent which we understand Eric Gordon has never been so like I, I've always thought that he had a, a viable place on the team. It just did not make sense for him or for where the team was in its developmental process to have him here. And that's why it was always confusing, but I never really understood the, the frustration with Eric Gordon himself. And maybe it's just, you know, the, 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 the way fans emote, but, but I always thought, like I said, the, the appreciation for Eric Gordon did not always feel proportionate to, to the way it should be. Yeah. I had this conversation with somebody high up in their front office before last year's deadline. And we were talking about the possibility of them trading Gordon back then. And the thing that, that, that he said to me was, we noticed that when good things happen with our young players, that Eric is involved in some way, whether he's on the floor, he's directly involved in that. And it kind of felt like he was a crutch for them. And I kind of thought that 
the young players, and, and I know they didn't really win games last year when he, I mean, they were one in 24 when he didn't play last year. And the only game they won was a game against Portland where the Blazers were trying to lose as badly as they possibly could. But it, it felt like last year that it was, especially towards the end of the year where, where they sat him the, the last couple of weeks, that they had kind of advanced to not needing him as that crutch as much. But then you watch them this year. They're one in seven in the games that he hasn't played in. And the margin of the losses in, in those seven games has been 19 points. So, you know, I, I, they need to find a way to be a functional basketball team without Eric Gordon for these last, you know, 27 games because they haven't shown that they can be that. Um, now, we'll see how this goes. Um, you are taking Eric Gordon off the roster and you essentially aren't replacing him with anything. So that's uh, that, that's going to be interesting to see um just i i think that gordon right now is probably very very happy i think that eric is happy that that he's moving on i think he wanted to be in a situation where he can win if they would not have traded him though i don't think he would have pouted i don't think he would have you know i know he wasn't going to ask for a buyout he would have kept playing and would have been professional and he would have played hard and would have you know been exactly what the rockets wanted so um he he is the type of guy there's a reason why they kept him around for as long as they did because they wanted his professionalism around all these young guys. I remember last year after they didn't trade uh, after they didn't trade him, Kevin Porter Jr. saying how happy he was and how relieved he was that they did not trade him. He had a major impact on those guys. So I'm, I'm interested to see how things go with him not being there for these last 27 games, because I think it's important for them. It's important for this group that they take some sort of a step forward. That doesn't necessarily mean winning a bunch of games because I don't think this team is going to win a bunch of games, but if they can be, they, they need to be competitive without him because if they're not, then it really throws into question some of the guys that they have uh, on the roster right now. And you don't have that crutch anymore. You don't have that guy who knows what he's doing on both ends of the floor. And so these guys, these, these young guys are going to get, get thrown into it here for these last 27 games. But uh, again, a, a tremendous player for them. I think he obviously exceeded all expectations that anyone had for him. And as somebody who saw him play in college and understood just how, um, how, how hyped he was in high school. I mean, I, I was at Indiana during while he was getting recruited coaches got fired because he did not go to Indy because he did not originally commit to Indiana. That's why that was the end of the line for Mike Davis is when Eric Gordon, um, committed to Illinois first out of high school. And then Kelvin Sampson became a King overnight in Bloomington when Eric Gordon switched his commitment from Illinois to Indiana. I mean, that, that was, that's one of the best high school classes ever. That 2007 high school class where it's Derek Rose and Gordon and James Harden and Kevin Love. And I know I'm, I'm missing Mayo. a bunch o, of Mayo at the time, at the time, OJ, OJ Mayo was the guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mayo there there's others. And uh, I think Blake Griffin was, yeah, Blake Griffin was yep. a part of that class. I mean, it, it's an unbelievable high school class and Gordon was probably the most heralded out of all of them. And I remember James Harden uh, saying a couple of years ago, the first time you ever saw Eric Gordon play, he had to, he had to ask like, are you sure that guy's in our grade? Are you sure he's in the same grade as us? That's how good um, Eric Gordon was. And you know, his career got sidetracked just because he had, a lot of these bad luck injuries with the Clippers and then in New Orleans, and that ended really badly for him uh, with the Pelicans. So it was it was really good to see him come here and really 
it felt like his career turned around to what it should have been. And, you know, I, Eric Gordon, I don't think he's the type of guy that will ever go into the hall of fame, but I think that you will remember him for not just what he was in high school, but I think you'll remember him for uh, just having a tremendous NBA career where he was just as professional and low key as it got. Michael Beasley, another underrated name in that high school yes. class. People will, will look back and it, you, you would have just had to be there to to really understand. Or, or you know, like at, at that time, I mean, that was the guy. I, I, look, that, I remember that high school class very well. I, I am the same. I am of the same high school class, man. That was a, a moment in time. And Eric Gordon was certainly a part of it. And like you said, uh, exceeded expectation for, I think, for when he got here. And another moment, another thing to mention about, the other night when, you know, the, the way that game ended against the Kings with them, the sort of phantom foul, slight bump, you know, probably more of a no call, whatever. But, you know, earlier in that game, Adam, what happened? I mean, he he passed – who did he pass on the list, uh, on the three-point list? Passed he passed Chauncey Bills. 20, earlier in the yeah, week in, in Chauncey yeah. yesterday. Yeah, and then now he's 21st, 21st on the three-point list uh, all time. And, you know, they they – you know, respectfully and, you know, very, uh, I, I thought, class, you know, in a classy way, uh, recognized that and, and and honored Eric Gordon. It was kind of a moment, you know, I, I remember us sitting there kind of on press row thinking like, is that his, is that his goodbye? You know, I, and, and obviously it wasn't, it wasn't prompted by the fact that he was leaving. It was prompted by the fact that he had, you know, passed up Chauncey Billups on the all-time three-point list. But, you know, the, 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 the point to make about that though, Adam, and you can speak to this better than anybody is that, What's cool about it is that he's on that list because he played on some of those rocket on those Rockets teams, you know, on those on some of the best Rockets teams that, you know, I guess never won a championship. But, you know, the way that the way that run and the way those teams are going to be remembered as are, are going to be and, and specifically with Eric Gordon, too, are going to be as the ones that that tried to gun down the Warriors, like the ones that were built to beat the Warriors. And I think in large part and, and, and of course, there was the. You know, the, the, the never forget how they missed the, you know, the 20 something threes in a row or whatever it was in the in in the playoff game. But like that, that was one of the, you know, new age, you know, three and D, you know, under Daryl Morey and with Eric Gordon and the James Harden era. Like he he is a part of a very special moment, I think, in specifically in Rockets history, but also in the way that the game shifted, you know, along with the Warriors and just sort of the way the game is played today. Yeah, he, you remember just that free agent class in, in 2016 when the cap spiked, they actually, they spent more money on Ryan Anderson. They gave Ryan Anderson $80 million. Uh, they gave Gordon 52, but it, it turned out Gordon really was the perfect player for what they were trying to do under D'Antoni with Daryl Morey running basketball operations, playing next to James Harden. Um, secondary ball handler could defend anyone one through five. He really was the absolute perfect guy. And he was the guy that the Rockets really had coveted for a long time. They tried to sign him to an offer sheet when he was a restricted free agent with the Pelicans. I mean, they, they did everything they could to get him. He wound up signing the offer sheet with Phoenix, New Orleans matched, and he kind of got stuck, stuck with the, with the Pelicans for a lot longer than he wanted, but he was the perfect player for them. He was able for the most part to stay healthy. He didn't have any of those freak injuries. He had the nicks and bumps that, that you would expect from guys, but um, really again, just the perfect guy that they could have signed uh, back in, in that 
the free agency class seven years ago. And uh, just he, he had a, a really a great run with the Rockets. It, there are very few players over the last 20, 25 years that have been with this team for, for six and a half years uh, that have been here that long. Really, the list is James Harden. I mean, that's that's essentially what it what it has been uh, in Yao Ming. I mean, Tracy McGrady wasn't here for for six years. Uh, Dwight Howard wasn't here for six years. Steve Francis wasn't here for six years. I mean, it, the list is Harden, Yao, and I believe that's probably it. Patrick Beverly came close, but he was really only here for five. So uh, a, a great, great player, a professional, and uh, someone that they will really miss, not just the rest of this season, but really moving forward. What do you think about what this does with the West, man? I'm looking at the three, four, or I should say the four, five, and six seeds. The Mavs adding Kyrie Irving, we talked about that in the last episode. Didn't anticipate Kevin Durant getting traded until maybe later on after we recorded that episode, but they obviously add, the Phoenix Suns do, add Kevin Durant, the fifth seed. And the sixth seed, the Clippers, as we're talking about now, uh, adding uh, adding Eric Gordon, I, I, feel like, I, I feel like that is a significant shakeup in the West that was already wide open. And and we can talk about how the Kevin Durant trade uh, actually impacts the Rockets a little bit later. But I just think that it's interesting that the uh, that these, you know, the four five and six seed. And like we said already, it's wide open. They're, they essentially have the same record. I'm talking about them being the four five and six seed. We have no idea what that order is going to be like. And all three of those teams look significantly different now. Like. Like I, I the, if there's something that I really like for for Eric Gordon is that he's going to factor into the relevancy of the West all of a sudden, like he went from being the, I won't even call it the scapegoat. Cause he did, you know, he didn't have to foul or didn't have to even contest in that way, but he goes from being sort of uh, the, 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 the pariah for that, for that one game and meaningless game with the Rockets where, you know, they're, they're losing to the Kings and they're the worst team in the league to all of a sudden factoring into the Western conference landscape. I think it's actually pretty interesting what's happened right there in the middle of the pack for the West. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about just the long-term West and, and just the outlook, just because everything is just so muddled with everybody. I mean, you have Denver here at the top, and then kind of everyone else, it just seems very up in the air. I mean, Memphis has really taken a slide over the last yeah. couple of weeks. You know, what happens with New Orleans once, once Zion Williamson gets healthy? Because, I mean, they they were it was looking like they might compete for the number one seed. Uh, Sacramento, right. I mean, Sacramento is really good. But, you know, Sacramento yeah. really didn't do anything. Does anybody think that I, – I think what Sacramento is third right now in the West. Does anybody really think that they are uh, contenders to, to win the conference? Uh, the Warriors made some moves kind of on the outskirts uh, here today. Uh, so the West is really interesting and it's going to make for, first of all, a very interesting postseason, but just the race for these teams to get into the top 10 and into the top six, I think will be, will be fascinating. And what's interesting for the Clippers, because this is obviously now a team that the Rockets are interested in. They, they don't play the Clippers again this season, but the Rockets, it would be beneficial for the Rockets if the Clippers lose some games the Clippers have not been willing to really put stress on their big time players. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they have been really big on the injury management stuff. And in the West, if you do that too much, you can find yourself in a really tough spot, whether you, you could find it right now, the Clippers are fourth in the West, but I think there's only three games separating them and 11th. And while, you know, the Clippers are better than the 11th place team in the Western conference, 
a couple bad weeks and all of a sudden you are finding yourself scrambling a little bit. So uh, I'm curious. No, Adam, actually, no, the Adam, they're, they're, they're six. They're all eight and a half games back. The, the, that's yeah, what I was saying about the Mavs. Yeah. That's what's interesting about it. They're the same. Like, think about it, Adam. You can't, outside of maybe conceding that whoever the Nuggets play in the first round more than likely is the number one seed. Like if they get that, more than likely they're going to beat whoever they play. But after that, when you consider the play-in and everyone else from Memphis on down, I can't. I don't know if I can pick a series. Yeah, like it's today. Hard, but, but the Clippers are tied for fourth, so they're tied right. for fourth in the. I'm going by the. Actually, no. So they are. They they're are six. at 27 losses. They're sixth because of because of the loss column. So they're at 27 losses. The Lakers are 13th. They have 30 losses. So three losses separate sixth in the West from 13th in the West. So if Kawhi Leonard has to miss some time, then who knows what happens to the Clippers in that spot. And now maybe you're looking at getting a lottery pick out of this trade. So uh, I'm really interested to see how the Clippers play these last, you know, 20 something games. And if they really like lean forward and put some stress on these guys and really make them have to play because one bad week you're in the play in and now everything gets thrown in two bad weeks and maybe you're out of the play in altogether. So it, there's some pressure on, on the Clippers right now. Uh, and, and so I think that's another reason why I think the Rockets thought that this was worth it because who knows what this pick swap could wind up being today. They're moving up 10 spots in the draft. It could be 15 spots. Who knows, you know, when this whole thing is said and done. Yeah, it's wild. And I think it's good. That's what really makes it really interesting from, you know, both the rocket standpoint in terms of what the market dictated or just having a one to strike while the iron's hot, while the iron was hot and also the league overall um, these teams and you look at what some of these teams in the West are doing just in terms of uh, at attaching themselves to aging stars from, you know, from the Suns with Durant and, you know, the Clippers, I guess, to a lesser extent with 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 Eric Gordon. Uh, and then obviously the Warriors are aging, the, you know, the defending champs and like uh, uh, so many of the West Western Conference, Western Conference teams have made desperation moves. And then you think about these younger teams that are sort of up and coming with the Nuggets and the Grizzlies and the Kings. And then, like you mentioned, the Pelicans, like it's just a really interesting landscape in the West. I can't wait to see how the postseason, how, how the playoffs uh, actually play out.